I'm Troy Richards. And I'm Daniel Mawson. Welcome to the Understanding Jesus podcast. I'm the senior pastor at First Baptist Church in Jackson, Missouri, and Daniel's our worship pastor. Our church is reading through the Bible in a year, and on this podcast, we examine highlights from this week's reading. We talk about the passages devotionally and try to answer questions people have shared with us. Our hope is that you'll discover how amazing God's Word is and how enjoyable it is to read for yourself, which is the key to understanding Jesus. All right, well, welcome to the Understanding Jesus podcast. Welcome, Pastor Troy. Daniel, it is so glad. I'm gl- so glad to be here with you today. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah. Um, very pumped, very excited. We've got a live studio audience today. This, yes, this is our first time of recording uh, or actually live broadcasting us recording our podcast, which will be, uh, of course, you're listening to the podcast. It's Thursday. Uh, at the earliest, uh, yeah. we release the podcast on Thursdays, and uh, and and so a new podcast each Thursday. But we record it on Monday, so if you want to see the podcast and get that information even before Thursday, then you watch it on Facebook Live. And yeah. if you're in the podcast years from now, looking up our old episodes. I, I don't know if we're going to do this every week. Don't go looking for the live stream. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we, we don't know how this is going to work. How this is going to go. We don't know. People are probably get tired of listening to us, much less watching. But we, we're just right now, during this pandemic, uh, we can't see people. And uh, we, we're looking for different ways to engage, different ways to connect with people uh, because we um, – we're we're so disconnected right now, yeah. and so other guys, other pastors, I see them all the time doing stuff, live streaming stuff. Yeah. Uh, that's not anywhere near as good as the content <laughs> we have. We're dishing out. <laughs> that's right, exactly. Talking so to you, like, Scott City. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, you know, Jeremy, I love you. I know, we might as well uh, provide another way to do it, and and somebody did. I don't I don't know. One of the people in our church said they wanted to see us while we yeah. were doing this. So and Margaret's watching us downstairs. That's so exciting. So, it's exciting. Well, so, we're gonna we're gonna kind of dive in. Here's um, here, yeah. Let me tell you about the, this week. This is this week. <laughs> this was a great week of reading. <laughs> was I, this your favorite I, week? Troy? It was one of my favorites. <laughs> I, I, I have to say it was one, it was a great week. I I love this section as we close out Joshua and then go into Judges. And we were talking a little bit earlier today how Judges, it's just an amazing read. I don't know if you ever read the book of <laughs> it is Judges. Crazy. It has got it has have it has, there's some lulls in it that you kind of have to wade through some text, but then you get into a story and it's like what? what? <laughs> and it's like wow. But Joshua ends with uh, man some of the this you know choose you this day whom you will serve passages. Mm. They're just some of my, that's some of my favorite, yeah. you know, just decide who you're going to worship. And, and, I, and man, I feel the people of Israel because they're so like, yeah, absolutely. We're mm. going to follow. And you know, they're not going to do it. Not, and yeah. It's like, oh man, I wish this had a better ending, <laughs> but uh, it does have a really good ending when you get to the New Testament, but it doesn't go so well. <laughs> Uh, it's a long got, second act. It's got a, a long second act, exactly. And then, uh, and Psalms and Proverbs, some really good Psalms and Proverbs. I won't bring up my Shakespearean conspiracy theory on yeah. Psalm 46. <laughs> we'll leave that out. We'll talk about that another time. But the um, the uh, Proverbs also, the Proverbs are, you know, this is, in the, if you're going through the reading with us, there's Proverbs every day. Well, Proverbs is only 31 chapters long. So you get just a couple of verses each day. <laughs> but the way it's written Man, it's like just a nugget of truth that's like, that's just what I needed to hear today. Mm. 
And then in Luke uh, chapters 11 through 13, 14, uh, we've got some great questions today that we're going to address. Yeah, but it is, of, yeah. it, is, uh, it is also just uh, Jesus is just pouring out information. And we're going to talk about something really actually kind of – well, serious. Yeah, it's serious. But, uh, but Luke makes no bones about that he believes that you just don't uh, go to heaven without having fruit mm. and uh, and really kind of defines this is what a Christian should look like. Remember, he's writing to his friend Theophilus, and so uh, he's, he's just spelling out. He said, this is what Jesus – this is how Jesus explained. This is what a Christian should be, and so he's really trying to uh, put away hypocrisy and false believism. I, I guess that's a word. Uh, it is now. It is now. Just like claim, uh, just go bay. Go bay. That's right. Go yeah. bay. T-shirts will t-shirt, be available yeah. soon. That's right. <laughs> we've got a we've got a t-shirt competition. Okay, so let's take a break. All right. Yep. Yeah, we'll be back. All right, welcome back. Um, we're here. We're going to ping to the pong a couple. I started um, first last you, week. You said that you started first every week. No. I think well, Troy just likes time to, to think. I do. Um, I'd like to hear what you have to say. <laughs> um, okay, well, I'll start then. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna kick it off in Joshua, I think. Um, I think this isn't the first thing I wrote down, but it's one of the biggest things in Joshua chapter 21, and I'm going to kind of turn there at the end of the chapter. Um, Joshua... This is like big like sermon sections, like Joshua's farewell hmm. um, speeches uh, that we're talking about, and um, just some. Re- I mean, I I loved this section in Deuteronomy when um, Moses was doing the same thing. Um, I, I I got I got to think that Joshua was thinking about Moses's last days when he was doing this because uh, it, it mirrors it almost exactly, uh, but. Um, in verse, in chapter 21, verse um, 44 and 45, it says, The Lord gave them rest on every side, according to all that he had sworn to their fathers. And no one of all their enemies stood before them. The Lord gave all their enemies into their hand. And this is the, 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 the key thing. Not one of the good promises which the Lord had made to the house of Israel failed. All came to pass. And and it's that, that word good in good promises that kind of paused me this time. Um and just that, like, because God, God is known throughout all the Old Testament of saying, "Look, guys, I'm going to wreck you. I'm mm. going to destroy you." And no, like, and he doesn't, he doesn't say explicitly, even though it's kind of implied, unless you turn from your wickedness. You know, right. that's kind of always an understood underlier. Um, so sometimes he relents. Sometimes he, re- the Bible almost like says, repent. Sometimes God turns away from the bad that he was going to do to Israel, or the, the. I say bad, you know what I mean. But he shows mercy. He yeah. shows mercy. Yeah, he yeah. he turns away from the wrath he was gonna to to bestow on them, but not one of the good promises. He doesn't turn away from his good stuff. Right. Um, and I think that's that's key to the nature of God. Not in that he doesn't do things that hurt, right. um, and he doesn't. Do, he, it's not that he doesn't discipline and he doesn't do hard things uh, for us to understand and take. Um, but the good things are consistently poured out. Well, and, and he's a good parent. He's, yes. I mean, he wants to give good gifts father, to his yeah, children. He knows how to give he's, good he's, gifts. he's wanting to do something good. Um, yeah. So I, just, I, I don't know. That was cool because not, I don't know, I, I try real hard not to just focus on the things about God that I like, hmm. but I do like this about yeah. God. Um, is that his, prom- his good promises always happen. Sometimes his bad promises he can step away from, his bad warnings, um, but his good promises are constant, and I love that. Uh, so anyway... Cool. Cool, cool, cool. 
Is that over to me? Yep, you. Cool. All right, here's that passage I was talking about in Joshua 24. Uh, he says, and the people said to Joshua, where Joshua said, whom will you choose this day whom you will serve? And in Joshua 24, 21, the people tell him, it says, and the people said to Joshua, no, but we will serve the Lord. Because originally Joshua says, no, you're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then he's, they say, no, but we will serve the Lord. So Joshua said to the people, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord for yourselves to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. Now, therefore, he said, put away the foreign gods which are among you and incline your heart to the Lord God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, the Lord our God we will serve and his voice we will obey. Um you know, Oswald Chambers, uh, this is kind of alludes to something else we're going to talk about, how how there's a struggle to get into the narrow gate. And we're going to talk about that in Luke and a little bit later, because the Bible's all interconnected. <laughs> it's all, it all fits. Um, but uh, to in order to, uh, we've got to put away the things that distract us from worshiping him and fight temptation. Uh, we have, when... We make this decision of, I think it starts with that decision, choose who you're going to serve. And you say, I'm going to serve the Lord. And then immediately after that, there needs to be a process of putting away from yourself the things that keep you from the Lord, the things that that were previously the objects of your affection, that were your attention. Um, you know, somebody asked this week about the hatred that Jesus keeps saying, hate your mother and hate your father and all these different things. And it's like anything that is our, that is the object of our affection that is not the Lord, he, he asks us in the beginning, we put all those things aside, all of it. And then he gives to us and says, now, this is what I want you to do. And so I love my mother because the Lord commands me to love my mother. I love my father because the Lord commands me to love my father. I love my wife because the Lord commands me, et cetera, et cetera. I do my job because the Lord tells me to do this job. I, I and, and so it's not because I love this person more than I love God. It's because I love God, and these, this is the order he has given me. Um, and, and so I do it out of faithfulness and, obedi- faithfulness and obedience to him. I think there's a lot of things in our lives that we need to look at and say, wait, is this, has this become an object of lust? Has it become an object of, of worship? Have I become idolatrous in this mindset? And, and all those things need to be cast aside. And just like with the Israelites having to go through the nation and defeat their enemies and cast them aside, so God goes through our lives and, and identifies things. Hey, this is still something you're living with. Even the relationships we have. We have to ask ourselves, is this a relationship God would have me to have? It always has to start with complete and total allegiance to God. I have made a decision. I am going to serve the Lord. And now everything that after that has to be something that he gives me by his hand. Mm. So anyway, it's yeah, powerful. Good. Yeah, that's really good. Um, in, uh, in Joshua back, uh, back here in, in 23, um, there's a Joshua's, you know, it's the same, it's the same speech. Um, and he says, be very firm to do all that's written in the book of the law. And mm-hmm. there's kind of that theme I mentioned a couple weeks ago about, um, you know, be very, be very strong and courageous, be strong, and courageous, strong, and courageous. It's this theme that Joshua just keeps repeating. Um, and then at the end, when he's talking to all the rulers, he just says, guys, you need to be firm, really firm to do, to, to, to carry out the law. Right. And we have a bad taste in our mouth about the law sometimes, um, because of, the ways that you know the Israelites were handling it during Jesus's time, right? Mm-hmm. But but the law is good. The law is a good right. thing. The law was given for their betterment. And um, when it says um, and and his supporting kind of thing 
his his supporting evidence is be firm to keep the commands so that you don't sin, right? That makes makes sense. Right. But um, you don't want to sin so that you don't associate with the lost world, which again makes sense. Um, we don't do that. But what's the benefit? In a couple of verses later, in verse 10, chapter 23, it says, "Look, guys, he reminds them one of your men puts flight a thousand." For, like one of you guys can take on a thousand of the lost world, right. um, and and just speaking to the obvious benefits that can be hard to remember sometimes when we're being tempted to like, you know, there's there's a lot of talk about obedience this week here and in, you mentioned in Luke, um, just the the power that righteousness gives you when when God is really just backing you up, um, so that you don't even have to fight your battles anymore. Hmm. Um, and we have we have confidence in our salvation even when we sin, but we have confidence in the Lord's help when we're being righteous. And um, and that's that's easy to forget sometimes when our flesh wants something, or um, you know we we want to live kind of maybe not sinning, but we want to live a little bit more like the world. I've, I'm um, I'm thinking about like what I watch on TV, um, hmm. what I what I read, what I listen to. Uh, what I immerse myself in, it's not sin. Right. It's not bad stuff, um, but it looks a lot like the world yeah. um, and doesn't look a lot like Jesus. So am I being very firm in my beliefs or am I just, you know, I, I don't know. So I think about that yeah. myself. It's a constant battle. It's a constant, yeah. yeah. And if you don't think about it, you're going to forget it. And I think that's yeah. Joshua's fear for the people. And and not to continually make a plug about reading God's word, not that we shouldn't continue to make a plug. <laughs> that's about what the podcast is about. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, the, I think that that's essential. I find myself, you know, I, there I've, I've shared before, there were times in my own devotional life where I would go days, then weeks without picking up the Bible, reading it devotionally. You know, I'm pastoring, so I'm always planning messages. I'm always looking at verses here and there, but not meditating upon God's Word, not systematically, conscientiously working through God's Word just so He could speak to me. And and, and you go weeks without it, and you don't even realize it. And, and, and then you pick it up, and all of a sudden, it's like a, it's like a light comes on, yes. and, and it all of a sudden shows you all these things you've let go. You know, it's like not looking in the mirror for a long period of time. <laughs> Everybody else can see that you should look in a mirror, uh, and they're all kind of looking at you like, hey, you let yourself go there a little bit there. Uh, but uh, anyway, as we're all going to say to each other after this, uh, after, after, COVID. This, after this quarantine's over. Um, there's a passage in Luke chapter 11. It says in verse 45 through 47, Then one of the lawyers answered and said to him, Teacher, by saying these things, you reproach us also, as Jesus had slammed the Pharisees. And he said, Woe to you also, lawyers, for you load men with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers. Woe to you, for you build the tombs of the prophets, and your fathers killed them. Oh. Uh, you know, I just I get this picture like, hey Jesus, you know you're you you actually accidentally uh, <laughs> you offended us too by that last thing you said. You know I know you were getting on those guys and so glad you were getting on those guys, but wow that kind of yeah. hits us too. And Jesus comes back and just slams them. You know it's like then he just trashes them too. And it's like oh man, I bet he's so wishing he had not made a comment and uh, and said something. And that that happens a lot. We we get in our heads it's that you know where jesus gives us the admonition be sure and get the plank out of your own eye before you try to get the speck so that you can get the speck out of your brother's eye we so often go into reading the word or listening to a message and so forth and are thinking oh man they really needed to hear that you know that person (laughs) over there that 
wow, yes. they really needed that message. And then you keep reading and it's like, or you keep hearing the message and I'm like, wait a second, that's that's a little close to me. <laughs> My you know, that's, that's right. Why are you don't talk to me? I'm I'm your friend. I'm all, you know, we're we're with you and we're your supporters. And Jesus just turns around and says, Look, I don't need I'm not here to get your support. I'm here to tell you the truth about your own situation, about your own problem. And let me just let me just show he hates hypocrisy. Mm. He just hates that we pretend to be something that we're not to elevate ourselves. And he's saying, you're a bunch of people who oppress other people and then make your load light. I instantly think of every politician that I've ever <laughs> known. Uh, you know, well, and uh, you know, you see things all the time about politicians how how Congress people do not have the same health care that we have. They don't have the same retirement we have. They they get to uh, get to draw their salary forever, you know, and and make everything super easy for themselves. Yet at the same time, make allow pass laws and things that are not so nice for the rest of us because obviously they couldn't af- couldn't afford to do that for everybody, and so they just but they're looking after themselves. And and we all see that as an injustice. We all see that as being wrong. Jesus saw that as being wrong, and uh, and so and I think that that creeps into the ministry too. It's not not without touching us uh, as well. But it's uh, it's a um, it's a it's a constant reminder that we need to be to need to look at and be authentic to be who Jesus called us to be to to be the people that um, that He asked us to be. I remember uh, Chuck Smith when he started Calvary Chapel churches. He wouldn't allow any of his because uh, he was training up pastors and they were starting churches. And, and so they were as they would create a new church. If you were going to pastor in a Calvary Chapel church, you couldn't drive a Lexus. You couldn't drive a Mercedes. Mm. You know, you had to drive a Toyota <laughs> or a Honda, you know, and uh, and because he said this is not about us trying to lift ourselves up or or profit from this. This is us just about humbly serving. And um, and I, I think it goes, you know, I think we can go over. I think some people think, well, then we should be like monks in a monastery and, you know, and, and wear moth-eaten robes and, and <laughs> eat bread, stale bread. But uh, and I think that's a little that also has a pride significance to it, too. But um, but the. But the thing that that we need to that Jesus is going to point out, and we'll go, get to the questions because uh, because he wants us to see what being an authentic Christian is, and several of the questions we have deal with that. So we'll we'll get to that. For sure, for sure. Um, speaking of of that, uh, Proverbs. I wrote down Proverbs fourteen twelve, which is a very very popular passage. It says, uh, "There's a way which seems right to a man, but the end is the way of death." And um, I don't. I mean, it just says it. Yeah. Right there. Um, I think I'm doing the right thing. I think I'm doing the right thing. Um, and that's the problem. You know, you talked about obviously plugging, reading the Bible um, in this, but um, that's, you can't just think something's right. Our minds deceive us. Yeah. Our mind, we, everything is in this world is tailored towards deceiving us. Yeah. And if it seems right, yeah. It's probably not. If you had a dream or you or you saw something on a billboard mm-hmm. and it spoke to you and you think, oh, my goodness, or you get this thought process in your head and you begin to think this would be amazing. And or you talk to some people and in your conversation, you're like, you know what I think? And you know what I think? And you know what I think? And, and we build up on these things and we're like, I think this is, and we come up with all these different plan uh, thoughts and conclusions and 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 conceptions about God. And they all seem virtuous and they all seem good and right. But the reality is 
unless you got it from God's word, mm. it's 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 all it's all subject to be uh, deception, yeah, and delusion. So and and like not just like out of God's word, but like unless your opinion is immersed in God's yes. word, because Satan only primarily speaks from the text. Yeah. <laughs> oh, true. Because you'd be looking in the yes. Bible and pull a verse out and say. That's life verse right there. There you that's go. What that's what I'm going by. And uh, and you get in more trouble. I talk to more people. Yeah, I'm sure you do too. Like it, it is, and and it's like it is, a, and it's a hard lesson. I have done exactly that. I have done. I've looked at a passage, and then one of the biggest mistakes I made. It wasn't reading the Bible. I was reading the Purpose Driven Life. Mm. I got halfway through the book, closed it, and thought. I figured it out. Got it. I need to know. <laughs> I know what I'm supposed to do. Quit my job. Moved away. Did all this crazy, crazy stuff. And um, after four months of devastation <laughs> and and just coming back with my tail between my legs, I remember coming back to the book and opening it up and read the next chapter and thought, if I had read that next chapter, <laughs> I never would have done any of that, you know. And that's what we do with the Bible sometimes: is we we get this, boom, there it is, gone, and, and it's like, whoa, 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 read it all, you know, read, get it all in context, and ask some people. That's why God has given us the body of Christ. To that's why we do this: is is we're talking about passage we read. That's why we love the questions. People have read things, they look at it and say, I'm not sure I really get that. I'd rather have that response right. than somebody go, I figured it out this is what i'm supposed to do i'm supposed to kill fig trees <laughs> or something to that effect but that's my job god's called me to that but uh, anyway so we need to get some do some questions yeah yeah, yeah. um so you want to take a break let's take a break yep we'll be back All right, we're back. Question we and back. answer time. Question and answer time. We had a lot of questions sent in this week, I feel like. Yeah, and questions are great. We love questions. Uh, so that is, uh, yeah, we yeah. love questions. Yeah, <laughs> it makes it a lot easier. <laughs> That's right. It's a little more thinking power. But well, it does because it, it helps us because there's so much to address, like we were talking about. There's so many passages to look at. We really want to look at the ones uh, – that you are looking at and at, that give you pause. And I don't want to, I don't mean this to sound how it may sound, but been doing this a long time and gone through a lot of passages and asked a lot of questions and answered a lot of questions. And, and when I've had, when I've read through the Bible since I was a kid, you know, I can't stand not to get some form of an answer. And so I would read it and then begin to dig and dig and dig and dig and dig and dig and find answers to those things. Well, you you know, there's some things you get and then you ask again, you ask this person and this person, you get a hundred different perspectives on it. And then you kind of leave it to the side because you kind of feel like I've, I think I've got a pretty well mastered that question and you move on and you don't think that other people are still asking that question. You know, it's like watching us binge watching a TV series. Yeah, you, yeah. you know, you, you've got, you've just started and I've seen it a thousand times. So it's <laughs> like, but, um, but anyway, I, it has, uh, it has been, and this is just something, um, I, I think the Lord says, and he does say, I don't know if it was in our reading this week, but I think it may have been, um, that to whom much is given, much is required. Um, I was gifted to be in a home that was a Christian home. You also grew up in a Christian mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. Um, we were we were talking to a young lady yesterday. Never had a Bible. Yeah. Well, I was like, 
You know, he goes, like, what? What is that line? <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. What is that? It's like, and I'm excited that because I know what she's getting ready to enter into. But uh, I mean, being in the Word is something since I was just, I, since I could read. Yeah. And and I and I have and I loved questions. I remember I had I got. <laughs> I got kicked out of a Sunday school class one time uh, because I asked too many questions. That's what my teacher said. You asked too many questions. We're going to put you in a different class. And they put me in a class with the preacher. And so, uh, and so I was like, so just me and the pastor in a Sunday school class. But uh, so anyway, that was okay. I, he at least would take all my questions. But uh, but but that's that's how I've spent my entire life is really focused. I remember I went through a period of time thinking, I don't know how to play, play an instrument. I don't know how to, there's so many things I don't, I don't golf well. <laughs> I don't, I don't, there's so many things I didn't take time to do. And I was thinking, well, I wish I'd wish I had studied or did a skill. And somebody reminded me, it's like, well, you, you've been in the Bible your whole life. Yeah. And, and you're like, yeah, but everybody's in the Bible their whole life. And then you realize, oh, no, oh, no not everybody is. <laughs> not everybody is. But, uh, but anyway, it's, it's fun. So this is, I, that's why I enjoy, um, enjoy doing this i do all you know we, we share a computer interest too so yeah i've also we've also played with computers for a long time one so. of us is so much better at computers and it's <laughs> not me well you're getting there <laughs> i am learning i'm learning more this millennial is ashamed at his at his i know lack of i know and skills. that is a funny thing when i first came to first baptist i i could see daniel um uh <laughs> i didn't want to say Pulling the, uh, oh, how would I say, um, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not snowing, snowballing, uh, where you're making people think that you're better at what you're doing than you are. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, here's the thing. They hired me, and I was like the resident millennial. Yes. Right? There was And so everybody instantly thinks, Daniel's Daniel going to think about how computers. To do thing, but no. But I hear the answers he's giving him, and I'm thinking, he's making that up. <laughs> I, I know how to turn on a computer. I know how a touchscreen works and how to set up an email address. That's about the extent. No, he's good. He's being <laughs> humble. He's being humble. He's good. So anyway, we have quite, we have we have really good questions um, this week. Yes. Um, do you? I mean, start with question number one. Up. Yeah. I want to. Um, let me. I'm pulling up Judy on my her. I, I wasn't supposed to say that on the podcast. Oh uh, well, anyway. whatever. whatever. Judy is yeah. a, a surname. She. Or <laughs> Judy's my mom's name. Pseudonym. J- Judy's oh, name is my mother. Oh, okay. So it could be anyone. It could be anybody. <laughs> it's not my mother, but anyway, but uh, still, it could be. Um, the question, uh, she said, I didn't really understand this comment. She said, verse 8, it really struck me how key boldness is in finding answers to my questions. But uh, verse 13, she said, the answer to seeking whether salvation or understanding is the Holy Spirit. I never remember seeing this before. The Holy Spirit is not just to give the answer. I guess those are comments. Mm-hmm. So It's like devotional moments. Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. And, uh, and those very good observations yeah. because that is uh, absolutely true. The Holy Spirit is not just a gift but the answer. Uh, he is without the Holy Spirit. We do not have the ability to understand salvation. We do not have the ability to have saving faith. Mm. Uh, the Holy Spirit is given to waken us up, to make us a, a need a, aware of our need for Christ, and then shows us how to receive Christ, and then teaches us how to follow Him. Mm. Her question is: Will you explain Luke chapter eleven verses twenty four through twenty six? So, Luke chapter 11. Luke 11. Verses 24 through 26. Interlude music while we turn there. I'm there. Um, When an unclean spirit comes out of a person, it roams through waterless places looking (laughs) for rest, and not finding rest, it then says, 
I'll go back to my house that I came from. Returning, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and settle down there. As a result, that person's last condition is worse than the first. What a great passage. You know, <laughs> and that is um, – uh, it is a great uh, question, and absolutely one that I have read m- multiple times. I've and heard sought, you reference this multiple sought times. A little, sought a lot of different answers from, and here, here's kind of the deal. Um, uh, this is this is kind of again we're going we're looking in the Gospel of Luke, so we're just going to address what is Luke trying to say in this passage, and uh, and he is he is dealing with. Uh, the going back, he just started talking about how Jesus is driving out demons, and uh, and people came to him and said he drives out demons by Beelzebul, the ruler of the demons. And Jesus says a house divided against itself cannot stand. And so, and then he says, when a strong man, fully armed, guards his estate, his possessions are secure. But when one stronger than he attacks and overpowers him, he takes from him all his weapons he trusts in and divides up his plunder. Anyone who is not with me is against me, and anyone who does not gather with me scatters. Jesus is, is talking about how he has the ability to come into our lives, tear down strongholds, and remove the evil spirits that are within. Now, I want you to think of it like this. You, the, the, the body of Christ as the church, this is just a very practical explanation. Body of Christ as the church encounters a person who's just maybe riddled with drug addiction or all types of issues and so forth they're struggling with and and they pray over that person and they help set that person free and that person is made clean and restored and healed and now all is well uh the 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 power of christ through the holy spirit in the church absolutely has the ability to bring that type of restoration to people's lives and does we see that played out over and over again in different places. Wish we did it here more, but we, but it is played out over and over again, ministries of the church, of the body of Christ. So when a person is then set free, now the strong man has been assaulted, the, he's been cast out, that person's free. They literally have nothing against them. They're, it's like they, you are now just ready to walk. If you, at that point, do not fill your life with the Holy Spirit, if you do not take that step of faith and say, now I'm going to follow Christ, receive the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and now begin to produce fruits of righteousness, he says the number seven is actually a symbolic number in the Bible. It means perfection. It means that you're going to have a perfect evil, meaning a complete and total evil to fill you up, and there will be no. And the worst state of affairs is worse because now there's probably you're probably not going to be blinded to the truth, mm-hmm. and and not not find a way back. Yeah, given over to that. Yeah, given over to that. And and I think we've seen that played out. I yeah. think I, I know I've witnessed that in people's lives. But he's saying this is you've been given a great opportunity. This was a real occurrence happening in Jesus' life because he literally was casting demons out of people's lives, healing people, blind eyes. Uh, made blind eyes to see. Think of it like this. You've been blind your whole life. Jesus makes your blind eyes to see. And then you use your eyes to disobey God, you know, and, and to, or, or he heals your hands and your legs and you were lame and you're made to walk. And then you start becoming, you become a thief, you know, and, or serving yourself or whatever, whatever the case, then you're worse than you were before because before you weren't even capable of doing those sins. Now you've given yourself over to evil, and and after God has restored you, and so um, so He's just making the case that uh, that that it's a warning. It's a warning that if you do not follow me, if you don't embrace the teachings that I have, uh, then your life is even going to be worse. 
And her next question, do you have anything on that, Daniel? Well, I had kind of a follow-up yeah. um, in Luke 13. Um, Luke, being you know like a, a physician, right? He's, right. Um, a doctor. He he talks a lot about um, you know healing, uh, but he also addresses a lot of like spiritual stuff. Right. Um, a lot of demon possession, a lot of stuff. And in Luke 13, um, it it basically says there are sicknesses caused by evil spirit. Like evil spirits cause some sicknesses. Doesn't say right. all. Just as some. Um, so what's, I guess, modern day, 2020, um, and I mean, we're thinking all about sickness a lot. I'm not really meaning to attribute that, you know, with the corona crisis, but w- what, what are your thoughts on, like, evil spirit-induced sickness today? Go. That's um, kind of my, my only Yeah, I think, I think we are, I think the world's not different. Yeah. I mean, it's the same the the same things that were causing disease. Same things that were. It's not like all of a sudden. I know somebody did a treatise one time where they said, well, there was more spiritual activity when Jesus was on the earth because he's, Satan is fighting him, and so a lot more there were there was, there was a lot more demon possession in order to give Jesus the opportunity to cast out spirits. I don't buy into that thinking. I think I think Jesus was in a world that's very similar to the world that we're in today. While we we just give things different names, mm-hmm. yeah, we and we talked about this before. Right. We talked, somebody asked the demonic uh, that when you talk about Satan having the power over this planet and being the prince of the power of the air, he has the ability to use. What uh, when we use Job as an example, Job one of the things that Job suffered from was having sores all over his body. Well, you know that sore that was a condition that he could have gone to the doctor and they would have diagnosed and given it a name and a treatment. Mm. But the reality is it was Satan who brought that upon him. And and so he absolutely can use the coronavirus to accomplish his purposes. And, and he can use tornadoes and, and whatever to do what he wants to do. And God allows it to happen because it's going to ultimately bring about his fuller purpose. Uh, and, and when people question, say, why would God allow something bad to accomplish something good? You just have to go back to the cross. There was an ultimate bad that God allowed. It's the cross, and yet that is the ultimate good at the same time. So you have this ultimate evil of people crucifying the living Christ, yet God is using that to accomplish his fuller purpose. So everything else is lesser but on the same principle in that he allows bad things to happen in my life and uh, disease and sickness and infirmities and so forth. And and the but I believe that is instigated, I believe is brought about by the demonic realm. And so um, so it's the two are not separate from one another. Casting the demons out is is removing the ones who are bringing this affliction into this person's life. Uh, and so sometimes it may be mental illness, emotional illness or, or or physical disparity, whatever the case, but it's demons who are the ones who are responsible for uh, bringing it about. Um Judy's other question is in, is in Luke chapter 13, and she's mm-hmm. uh, had a question about chapter 13, verses 1 through 5. It says, at that time, some people came and reported to him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. And he responded to them, do you think that these Galileans were more sinful than all the other Galileans because they suffered these things? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as well. Or those 18 that the tower in Siloam fell on and killed, do you think they were more sinful than all the other people who live in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as well. 
Now, these two events are not mentioned anywhere else in any historical right. data. We just have it right here. And so uh, the question is, is uh, what, what, what's he talking about? There are several points of view. So if you go out and research at Google or whatever, you're going to find some different perspectives. But this, I think, uh, what I'm going to share with you, I think is the most accurate Lucan, uh, meaning what Luke would be trying to communicate. What's getting ready to happen in um, and Jesus knows, and he, I think he alludes to this in, in the following passages, especially when we get ready to talk about the parable of the barren fig tree, because it's all tied. In fact, let me just mention that because it's all tied together. Because he goes on to say, and he told this parable, a man had a fig tree that was planted in his vineyard. He came looking for fruit on it and found none. He told the vineyard worker, listen, for three years, I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it even waste the soil? But he replied to him, sir, leave it this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. Perhaps it will produce fruit next year. But if not, you can cut it down. I think there is something in each of these passages. One, Jesus talking about how life has an end. That That is something you absolutely need to know that your life can suddenly and unexpectedly come to an end. But at the same time, there is a mercy that's being extended to the people of Israel. Now, what Luke doesn't know when he's writing this, but the readers know, does happen, and something that Jesus is probably is well, he's not probably pro- is prophesying about is in eighty seventy Jerusalem is going to be destroyed, and so all he's saying, hey, you think it was bad what happened, what Pilate did, and and when innocent people died. A lot of people are going to die as a result of your lack of repentance and your and your refusal to to uh, repent of sin. Uh, and so he uh, so he says, this is one of those things that. But you're given a time of mercy. This is one of those kind of already not yet things. It is talking about what's going to happen in AD 70, but. For readers who are beyond that, it's not just a real physical thing that's going to happen. There's a spiritual dimension to it as well. He's saying that when you don't recognize the finite nature of your life and realize you only have a limited amount of time to repent of your sin, and then there is judgment. Uh, and and there needs to be a real, 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 real um, uh, of repentance and following. This is not about people who just simply uh, take communion or get baptized and are, are, are followers in name only. And there may be another passage we looked at in this reading, but but Matthew, I know, alludes to this when he's talking about the sheep and the goats and and uh, and, and other places. But the um, but there has to be a I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and here are the fruit that show that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, and if that's not there, you need to be worried and concerned. And he's saying that, and 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 it's not one of those things to delay. It's not one of those things. And Jesus says that, and, and Luke shares those instances when he when he talks about. And this is talking about the thing that Pam asked about. Um, uh, how can Jesus? She asked me this question. Yeah, the peace and division. Yeah, those are a little bit different. But she she also asked about uh, about hating your father, mother, hating your mother mm-hmm. and sister. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus, and he did say, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. He's saying that in a real in a real way in your family the gospel is going to come and it's like somebody coming in and saying hey here is the truth you need to do this in order to live and half the family is going to say we don't believe you and half's going to say we do believe you and 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 you you have to make a decision am I going to be loyal to my family 
and and not follow Christ, or am I going to leave my family and follow Christ? And this is a big family culture. Mm. That's not a small thing. It's it likens me when we go and, and try to minister to Muslim people, and a Muslim decides to convert and follow Christ. That's not a small thing because they are going to lose their family. They're going to lose their job. They're going to lose their place in society. Uh, huge repercussions. And that's how it was in Jesus' day. We don't face that as much here. We may face it someday, but we don't face it now. I mean, I, you didn't get, you didn't lose a job because no. you followed Jesus or whatever. Your family, I actually your got family, a job because I was following Jesus. <laughs> exactly. Me too. <laughs> me too. Uh, my family didn't kick me out when I became a follower of Jesus. So, so I think that's why we, we read those passages. We don't really understand. Wait a second. That doesn't make sense uh, because our parents were Christians. But your parents were Buddhist or, or some other faith, and you become a Christian. They say, well, you can't live here anymore if you're going to follow this line. Well, you have to make a decision. And that's why Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. I, I really am not initiating peace in this world. I'm re- dividing people uh, by the message that I'm giving. Um, now, it's the only hope that you have. I am um, a, a very real practical example I can think of is I was ministering to my neighbor and her father had passed away. She had, they had not grown up believing in God, not grown up in church or whatever. And her father, and so she's telling me this, her father never was a believer. I mean, not just not a believer. It never was on the radar. It wasn't like they went to church and didn't like it. It's never went to church, never thought about church, never thought about God, never, never talked about those things. So obviously not followers of Jesus Christ. And so we're trying to introduce her to Christ. Well, her father had just died. Mm-hmm. And so I recognize that when I introduce her to Christ, I'm literally putting her father in her mind and who she thinks is in heaven whatever heaven is, that I'm putting him in hell. Mm. And and because she's going to embrace, I'm asking her to embrace a faith that says this is the only way you can be saved, and yet her father never did that. Mm. And there's no hope for that. And so that is, that's the type of division Jesus is talking about. That's a very real separation, an eternal separation. Mm. Um, yet, uh, so you would ask, why would you share with her? Well, because... There's hope for her, yeah. and it's her only hope. There's no, there's no comfort in saying, well, then she'll be with her father for all. You know, I can't do anything about those who've already gone on, but I can reach her, mm. and uh, and so that's what we do. Okay, uh, hey, <laughs> hey, I'm thinking on the fly here. I have one more question I'm gonna deal with. I I just realized where I think that person's question was. I think they put it on our Facebook page. Would you check? Oh yeah, on our like in our messages. Yeah. There are messages. Yes. Did I'll you do, see if you can I'll find do that. that. You stall. Okay. And uh, I'm stalling. This is my stalling. Oh, the narrow door. Yes. In Luke 13, 24. I so appreciate these questions. Luke 13, 24. Uh, this really isn't stalling. It really is a legitimate question. He said to them, make every effort to enter through the narrow door because I tell you, many will try to enter and won't be able once the homeowner gets up and shuts the door, then you will stand outside and knock on the door saying, Lord, open up for us. He will answer you. I don't know you or where you're from. Um, I mentioned that in a, in a devotional earlier. And this is um, and this was actually a passage that, um, well, the fig tree was actually a passage I had written down in my journal. So I appreciated the question on that. But um, the narrow door, uh, if you can think, uh, just think in terms of small door. <laughs> 
and how uh, and how it takes more effort. In in Jerusalem in the city, you have these big wide gates, and so when you get these illustrations of wide gates, narrow gates, they're just easy ways to get in. If you can think of it like uh, when you're going into town, if you think, oh, we just get on the freeway and drive up there, there it's so easy, and then we'll be there in two minutes. Or we could take this back road that's narrow, really narrow, one way, and we get a kind of wander way, and it's more difficult. Um, the 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 choice between those two is like one is very easily to get in and the other is very hard to get in. Uh, if you think of it, if, if you got if you're carrying a bunch of stuff, uh, it's easier to get in through a wider door than a narrow door. Uh, if you've ever moved a couch, and this is for Daniel, uh, I moved <laughs> only a million couches. Moved a couch and you measure the door and there's a really wide way, like you got a garage door you can take it out of, or you got a little narrow door you can get out of. He's saying. Go through the, the narrow door, even though it's more difficult. This is the way to life. And, and so he's saying that when you are seeking Christ, it is going to be more difficult to follow him. And, um, and we will, and, but it is, it is necessary to struggle through. It is necessary to do the fight. Um, I, I allude to Oswald Chambers a lot. For years, I, I read my utmost for his highest and, and still read several of his devotional readings. I just like Oswald Chambers. He's, mm. He was a great devotional writer. But the um, his wife actually put it together, but that's, again, another story. But the um, uh, but in his re- writings, he, one of the things he says, he, he talks about how important it is to fight that fight. You know, you have this this moment when you, when you have an opportunity to um, press through that you are recognizing I can only do this with the power of the Holy Spirit through Christ. And so this is the way I'm going to go. And by not giving up, by you pressing through that, now you have given hope to all the people who are around you also, because now they see you did it. And and so now other people have the hope of pressing through that. Uh, that's just a, that's a, a side benefit. But the reason you do it is because Christ says, there is no other way to me. It, you, you are not, if you don't go this way, you're not really saved. You're choosing just to say you're saved. But uh, unless you go bay, <laughs> uh, there's my plug. Unless you go, and, and what, we, what we were saying to that is where that go bay thing came from is where Jesus was sharing a parable and, and, and he said, and you go and do likewise. Uh, when you realize the reality of what Jesus is telling you to do, you have to get up from where you are, go, and then do it. So it's that go and do idea. And and you need to be, we only be doing that in our faith. The narrow door is when we go and do what it is God has called us to do. So let's take a break. That's good. I'm ready for a break. I think, uh, yeah, let's take a quick break and we'll, we'll back, will be up. back. All right, we're back. Just one or two little things. Uh, we have a drive-in service coming up. That's right. For the next two weeks, yes. uh, April uh, 26th, May 3rd, we will have our live stream at 9 a.m. and then a drive-in service at uh, like we did for Easter. If you weren't, you aren't familiar with it, you drive in, you stay in your car, social distancing still done because we're still under those uh, guidelines, and uh, people stay in their cars. But we will be preaching from the bridge, from the not from well, the youth activity center. Tro- Troy will be preaching. I, yeah, I will not be preaching. Uh, yeah, we'll be over there. Daniel will be leading worship. And uh, if the weather's good, we're outside. Even yep. if the weather's bad, we'll still be inside the window. 
It's like that puppy in the window. Yeah, kind of how thing. much is that pastor in the window? And uh, and we'll be doing it for inside. But it, we've really had a great time. Yeah. And the horn yeah, yeah, honking, yeah. amen. That was awesome. It was awesome. I'm when we get back, I'm gonna give people a little air horns. Yes. So they can honk during, honk during the service because I don't think they'll say amen, but they'll honk their they'll horn. Honk it. Yeah. Uh, so we had that, and we um, <laughs> we uh, we had a great time. So we're looking forward to that. May 10th is our first. The governor Woo. has said. We're gonna go back to doing this, and so we're uh, we're uh, we're looking forward to getting back uh, with restrictions in place, yep. and we are gonna figure out a way to get people in and out as cleanly as possible and maintaining social distancing, uh, those kind of things. There are a lot of things to take into consideration. We are trying to walk through that. We've got a few yes. weeks to do that. We've so, got, we already started um, working on so some we're that stuff. we're we'll, it will the sanctuary will not look like you, it used to. Um, Families can sit together. If you basically, if you've been living in the same house all this time, you can sit together in worship. But we will separate groups of people um, with at least six feet of, of distance. We will do multiple services, mm-hmm. uh, most likely, and so spread um, it out. Coming up with a plan, uh, and we will uh, find a way to um, to at least worship together again. Sure. And so it's it's uh, it's a good step yeah, in the right direction. I so. So. I'm I'm so excited to yeah. get back to that. It'll be good. Um, so all right. That it? That's it, man. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks again for listening to the Understanding Jesus podcast put on by First Baptist Church of Jackson. If you would like more information, you can find us online on our website at firstbaptistjackson.com. You can email us at daniel at firstbaptistjackson.tv. Or you can find us on social media, First Baptist Jackson on Facebook and FBCJMO on Instagram. We've got a lot of content in all of those places, and we would love to hear your questions on the content that we cover. If you would like to be a part of the podcast, you can email us and message us at any of those ways, or you can call the church office at 573-243-8415, and we would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening.